Nifty. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, I hit record just now because Dan and I were already talking. Um, I've been doing a lot of yelling on TikTok and Instagram lately. And that is interesting because it's, it's bringing out more people that disagree with me because I'm so aggressively stating my opinion, even though my opinion itself is kind of benign and obvious. Oh, oh yeah. It's, and it's funny though, because like you hear, you hear some, some podcasters and some influencers out there, they say like the hate actually brings in the followers. Mm-hmm. So like this might be actually good for you. <laughs> well, every, every negative comment is still a interaction and there's no such thing as a dislike button on the platforms that I post on. So, <laughs> right. It's publicity, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast. This is episode 16, where we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. My name is Arun Kumar. I'm the driver, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? Doing all right. Good morning, everybody. So, we were, we were just discussing before we started here about how... I am building up this mindset of being really sick of not being successful. And what that does for me is it really pushes me into action immediately and with serious results-driven decision-making. It's awesome. It, It feels good mentally. Like, yeah, I'm saying I'm pissed, but I'm also like really into it and excited for the future because I know, and I've started doing this recently where I take my daily walks in the nice neighborhood across the street from my neighborhood. And yeah, I live that close to the nice neighborhood, but like right now I have a two car garage and I have to kind of squeeze out of my car and Mm -hmm. make sure I don't hit my wife's car. Um, I'm in the same boat, (laughs) but across the street, they have three car garages. And I notice that and I, and I notice as Dan hits the microphone Oops. and I, <laughs> and I notice that, you know, my house is 1200 square feet. The houses across the street are 2000 plus square feet and they've got two extra bedrooms. So while I'm sitting here right now in an office that is going to be converted into a shared office for my wife and I, when my daughter is born in a couple months, it's frustrating but it's compelling me to take serious action constantly so that I can deliver as much value as possible to people so that I can continue to make smart business decisions. And to the extent that the, we are driven value core value of every second counts has always slapped me in the face ever since I got sober, especially it's slapping me even harder in the face now that <laughs> I, I feel so fucking, I feel so driven. <laughs> can't think of another <laughs> word. Um, I feel so driven every second to take action and, and move my life forwards. And yeah, for like, I'm even more hyper aware of all the time that I don't do that and where I'm just sitting there like thinking about what I should be doing or complaining to somebody or listening to somebody else complain. And I do that way too much like this week even. So, so that's where I'm at this morning. This podcast may have some sharper edges than normal. Um, and any, any, you got anything to say about that before we get into the topic? No, I just I can't I can't wait to see the pointy edges of this. This is a it's a different different kind of tone than well, uh, than normal. Yeah. So, and I'm saying this with a smile. I I consider myself a very good driver, like an exemplary good driver. And I've crashed multiple times in my life. It has nothing to do with car control necessarily. I'm not a amazing drifter. I'm not going to set the fastest lap time. I'm really good at driving in traffic on the road in, in public roads. Um, and I'm good at capitalizing on opportunities to make my transportation more efficient. That's going to be the public, the, 
the verbiage. metaphor of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I go fast. I go, I drive really fast. I enjoy driving fast. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm in my truck and I'm towing something heavy and I'm cruising. Um, sometimes I am in my M3 going 170 miles an hour. And I won't say where I did that, but it's it's a, a amazing passion of mine. Ever since I was 16 and, and had my driver's license, I've taken every opportunity I can to do a road trip. I love driving. I've driven hundreds of thousands of miles in my you know, only 12 years of, of having a driver's license. And I absolutely have loved every single second of it. Um, and I'm, I'm passionate about it. I don't know. Wait, Dan, did you did say, <laughs> did you say 12 years of having your driver's license? Well, I'm 28. I, oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> has it been that long for me? Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, how how do you actually feel about driving and yourself as a driver? Um, I'll just put it out there: you won't find a single point on my license anywhere. And you're, uh, you're proud I've been pulled of that over because tw- twice. Uh, you know, I I just you know I don't get pulled over ever, even though I drive like a maniac. Okay. Uh, my, my wife will, will tell you that my brakes will tell you that, um, <laughs> uh, I've been pulled over twice, but both times I, I'm, I'm very polite when I talk to the popo. So, um, so usually they're just like, Oh, here's a warning. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, am about the same way as you Arun. like, I want to get to work as fast as I can. So usually I'm weaving in and out of traffic on my way. And uh, I think that you and I, just on our own, probably have more miles driven than most fifty-year-olds. Because <laughs> so, yeah. I'm the same way. I drive everywhere, like yeah. everywhere. And yeah, even you know, last year I drove from in the Bay Area to Seattle four times, um, and it's a thousand miles one way. It's nine. It's mm-hmm. nine hundred miles. It's not a thousand. It's nine hundred yeah. miles one way. Um, and, and in the little over a year, I bought my truck Valentine's day, 2022. It's now March 30th, 2023. And I have put 24,000 miles on it. Um, and that's not counting my five other vehicles. So (laughs) you think about that more than me these days, but yeah, I I was that way. Like even come May when, you know, we're going to our, uh, our SEMA thing, like, I'm driving the 10 hours because I just feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, in 10 like, hours, it's really, it's really eight. It's not 10. You, you, oh, uh, across I-80 in, in the middle in the of Midwest. nowhere? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm um, by myself? <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy. The, the, the most cannonball-like thing I've ever done um, was driving back from SEMA in 2021 when Oh, I, yeah. I averaged 86 miles an hour from Vegas to my house in the Bay Area. Um, wow. I averaged 86 miles an hour with two gas stops. <laughs> That's crazy. One of, so like one when, of those... when you when you go back to your house in the Bay Area, like do you have to go across that highway like through the desert like toward yeah, the LA it's mostly first? desert. So um yeah, I cuz I've, I've, I've done that drive once. I'm trying to remember how I did it now. Let me pull up a map here and see. <laughs> so I don't remember. Let me just see what Google Maps actually tells me to do. Las Vegas. Because yeah, I did I did Omaha to LA once. And that like, I thought driving through cornfields in Iowa were boring. And you get to the desert and there's really like nothing there. Yeah. So it takes you I-15 south to Bakersfield, basically. Mm, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, that road from Vegas to Bakersfield, I was probably cruise control at like 130. Um, yeah, and then Bakersfield up to up to the Bay Area on I five. I mean, I love I five. I consider it a battleground. Like I've literally called it that because <laughs> everybody out there, it like is. the the minimum speed is 90. Yeah, and if you're not going 90, you're gonna get run the fuck over. Like <laughs> right, yeah. I, I I've I've driven it less. <laughs> Less than the number of fingers on one hand, like maybe two <laughs> or three times. And I, I I will give that sentiment. That is a battleground. <laughs> so I love it. I love it for that because I, I thrive in the battleground. And I've taken, you know, my race car out there and like 
past trucks on, I mean, I shouldn't be saying all this past trucks on the shoulder <laughs> and like, just, you know, in the name of, of being faster than the next it, random it, It's okay. Person. You know, I, I get the TikToks of the guys getting pulled over and they're super, rented supercars on that highway all the time. Oh, like, hey, uh, yeah, sir, sir, you know how fast you're going? Uh, 80? Uh, try 125, sir. <laughs> oh, I don't see those videos. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I see them all the time on that stretch of highway. So I may be on TikTok, but I, I'm not watching TikToks. <laughs> I post on TikTok. I follow four people and I'm up to 40 followers in a week. So, oh, man, that's pretty, as, as our friend Jake said, that's amazing organic growth. I'm quite happy about it. Um, OK, anyways, off topic, obviously, we've made it to 10 minutes and 45 seconds, slightly introducing the topic along the way. Um we're both good drivers. We're both passionate about driving. We both love to do it. We do it often. And this podcast, as you will have seen from the title, is called Become a Better Driver Part One, where we are going to tell you how to become a better driver in the perspective of driving on public roads. Because driver's ed's not good enough. And the U.S. has really bad statistics for traffic safety. Unnecessarily so. Um, and it's quite frustrating. And I attribute it to people not learning how to read road signs. I attribute it to people getting scared. I attribute it to not nearly enough training prior to licensing. Mm-hmm. And the standards for competent driving are so low that you can fail to parallel park and still get your license. Yeah, they're they're also the standards are also different state by state. Right. Like and also like county by county. Like I grew up in a small <clears throat> town in Michigan like you just needed to like not ding every cone and you're good. Yeah, and and um I the only points I got off on my official driver's test and I aced my practice driver's test, but the only points I got off on my official was that I stopped too close to a stop sign. Oh, um, so I got a 98 out of a hundred. Unfortunately. Yeah. I missed, I missed, I think like one or two points on the parallel park, but it was so like we had to take our test with like our own, like family owned vehicle. Right. Well, just so happened to be that the, that my family owned vehicle, which is like a 2006 Malibu was the okay. same exact car as what we were training on at driver's ed. So like Yikes. all the tips and tricks and whatnot I had like right in front of me. Cause I had the same <laughs> exact car. So like it was easy. I'm sure that helped get you up to speed quickly. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, so if you're listening to this, you probably care about driving. You're driven. And you're aware that everywhere in the country speed limits are too low and nobody respects them. You're aware that you can talk your way out of any ticket and that traffic laws and traffic courts aren't actually used to penalize dangerous drivers. They're just used to make money um, for the government. And, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to get higher insurance premiums. I don't want to lose my license, but I want to drive outside of the rules of the road because I believe that my competence level is significantly higher than the average. And I believe that we should increase that average by doing this form of education. And ideally, if I were to come to power as a dictator, I would just basically remove everyone's driver's licenses and make you retest under a much higher standard. Oh, man. Does that does that mean that people in the highway in the right lane won't yield to people coming onto the highway? <laughs> It's my pet peeve. Interesting <laughs> example. All right. <laughs> it's my pet peeve. So your your pet peeve is is what? That people do yield when they shouldn't? No. So, so okay. You're in the right lane, right? Like where, where the on-ramps are. Mm-hmm. Nothing agitates me more when I'm driving. When the person in front of me starts yielding for somebody mm-hmm. coming onto the highway. Right. Like, no, they need to yield to you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that is a, a decent problem in, in the Bay area. I'm just never in the right lane. Like, oh, even, yeah. 
the only place so interestingly we're just this is we're we need like a part 12 for this podcast and we're not even <laughs> going to get through everything that we have written in our outline because we're 15 minutes in and i just have so many things to talk about um <laughs> in seattle if you're driving from North Seattle to South Seattle on I-5 straight through the middle of the city, the right lane is the fastest lane by far. Pro tip. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Pro, pro tip from somebody who used to make that drive at rush hour frequently. Um, the hmm. right lane, the right lane average speeds probably 30. Every other lane, it's like 10 because everybody merges onto the freeway and then runs away out of that lane because they don't want to get caught up in all the merging. But because of that, the flow of merging is actually much faster than the rest of traffic where the density is twice as high. Okay. I don't know if that, that phenomena probably happens other places too. Um, That would be similar to West Dodge Street here in Omaha. Okay. Pro tip number two. We're, we're getting good at this. These are, this is how to become a better driver. <laughs> we're still not there. 16 minutes. Thank you for listening. Um, okay. So the, the first we've, we've got a list here of little tactics that we want to share. And this is obviously going to be a many part series. We'll intersperse these as we continue to go through, but you have the background now it's all in the mission of raising driving standards across the country because they're not high enough. And those of us who, who feel like we're in the higher skilled echelons of, of drivers are getting penalized for breaking rules that are set well below safety standards where they should be in terms of our car's capabilities, as well as our personal capabilities as talented drivers, skilled drivers, not talented drivers where, you know, everybody can learn this. It's not, it's not some amazing, you know, natural born thing that we have. Um, so the first tactic is actually something that my dad taught me because he learned how to drive in the UK and he's from India and in India, you're probably aware driving is chaotic as hell. Chaos. Um, yeah. And it's awesome because it works and it doesn't necessarily work well all the time. And they have a high fatality rate as well. But unlike the U S where we have way too many driving rules over there there's no driving rules and it still functions considering how few rules there are quite well um when he moved to the uk he learned this rule and over here i can't remember the acronym that i was taught in driver's ed but he basically saw my curriculum and said nope that's wrong this is the way to do it here's what that is you Check your mirrors before you put your turn signal on. If you can change lanes because there is a space for you to do so, then you put your turn signal on. Even when you're in a BMW. <laughs> and, and this is something that is not taught in driver's ed. Where I went to driver's ed, they taught you put your turn signal on first, then check your mirror, then turn over your shoulder and check your blind spot and then make your make your lane change. And oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a shoulder checker first. Well, okay, fine. You you yeah. check <laughs> you check for space before you put your turn signal on. Yeah, oh yeah. The amount of times that people to your point about yielding to merging, the amount of times that there is a minor interruption in the natural flow of traffic, the amount of times that that interruption is caused by a turn signal being on when it shouldn't be is very high. And I don't know how much of a problem this is, you know, across the country, but in California, people put their turn signal on and expect you to go from 80 miles an hour down to 60 that they're going to get from lane three to four. And it's like, what are you doing? Like you're going to disrupt so many other people's days by requesting this this lane change and i am either going to rear end you or not slow down or well and not slow down and rear end you or i'm going to break and disrupt the my day and the person behind me's day and so on and so forth whether or not you're changing lanes and that pisses me off <laughs> so 
if you're aware that there's a space available, that's when you put your turn signal on. If there's gridlock and you need to get over or you're towing a trailer and there's no way you're ever going to get enough space, you can signal before you change lanes or before you're ready to change lanes because you you need somebody to yield for you. But in that situation, the disruption to their day is significantly less because they're not having to break from 70 down to 40 or whatever it is. They're going from 10 to 5. Yeah, those it's not the only thing. Yeah, those are the only situations where it's acceptable. So that's number one, my rant. Do you have any comments on that one? <laughs> nah, nah I, I'm, I'm following. I like this. I like where you're going. <laughs> Good, I guess. Um. Okay, so this next one is is in the similar topic of lane changes. Um, if there is somebody, and this actually happened to me a couple of days ago, and I was so confused that it's on here and it's a podcast topic. <laughs> so if you want to change lanes, but there is someone immediately next to you, what do you do? Dan, what do you do when when you you want to get into the lane that there's another car occupying directly next to you? Is there somebody behind or I'm sorry, is there somebody in front of me? Or just behind um, me? In this in this example, there's n- nobody else in your lane. Oh, now I'm hitting the gas pedal. There you go. Me too. Um I'm probably already like going like 9 faster. times out of 10. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going probably <laughs> probably already going faster than that person so the fact that we asked this question at this specific time <laughs> just means we happened to catch the instance where those two cars were beside each other but if you don't want to drive as fast as us that's fine you may find yourself both going the same speed so what do you do to dan's point check your rearview mirror and look in front of you, which I'm hoping you're already doing because you're driving a goddamn car. Um, so <laughs> so you, you look in front of you and behind you. Yeah, you want to change lanes to a side, but we're telling you look in front of you and behind you at, right after you've, you've made sure there's nobody, there is somebody next to you and you can't immediately just swing over in front of you and behind you. Is there somebody behind you? Don't hit the brakes. Don't slow down to get in the next lane. Speed up to pass the person who's beside you and then change lanes. Because think about your alternatives here. If your option is speed up and get in front of the person that's beside you or slow down and get behind the person that's beside you, which one is going to be more disruptive to other people on the road? Well, if there's somebody behind you, it's going to be the one where you break. Now we're causing problems for everyone. Everyone, because then that person's got to break. Then somebody two lanes over sees the breaking and they break because they're, they're not aware of their surroundings and they should be. It's a, it's a horrible situation. Now look at all the breaking you've just caused. You're, you're, you're killing baby seals because you're wasting gasoline <laughs> energy. Like think of all the things that breaks do that is bad for the environment. <laughs> well yeah that's, that's where we're going so I see this. you later to the polar bears right so and and I didn't come up with this Jeremy Clarkson did it's it's not My man it's not acceleration that's bad it's not acceleration that's bad for the environment it's braking because braking is wasted energy and unless you're driving a hybrid that is recapturing that energy to charge your batteries for you, which is is a good renewable energy source, and I'm all for that. Although I hate um, kinetic energy regeneration braking systems because they make your brake pedal extremely overly sensitive and difficult to use. Hydraulic braking systems are significantly better. Um, anyways, <laughs> all that to say. <laughs> Can't say I have that experience. Because <laughs> you've never driven hybrid or? Nope, never. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, my I uh, when I was when I turned sixteen, actually, my parents had a had a Lexus RX four hundred H. Um, so that was a that was my first hybrid experience. Now they have a um, fully electric Volvo and a plug in hybrid Volvo. Interesting. 
yeah, I'm quite different from my parents in my yeah, very. automotive pursuits. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my parents are coming to visit this weekend. Um, and they, they need a loaner car. And because I have so many cars, I'm happy to lend them one. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give them the choice between my wife's model three. And then I, I will be driving my wife around, um, or my recently acquired five speed 330 XI 2001 BMW. You know, um, the answer to that. You already know. Well, if I'm giving them the choice. Yeah, you know what they're going to pick. <laughs> the Tesla. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you should give them the choice. <laughs> yeah, here you go, um, dad who hasn't driven manual in 15 years but <laughs> wants to learn how. Here Perfect. you go. Here's my <laughs> old 230,000-mile E46 <laughs> for you to drive. <laughs> I I think I will do that. Um. Okay, so so I think we've made it clear on that next point. If you want to change lanes, but there is somebody next to you and there is somebody behind you, then you are required to accelerate in order to change lanes. Um, if you brake, you're disrupting people. If you accelerate, you're not. So it's it's pretty simple. If you do have somebody in front of you and behind you, still opt for acceleration first if the space is available. If it's not, then let off the gas, but don't brake. Nothing is so urgent that you have to randomly brake in the middle of traffic. I hate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you are actually in the <clears throat> passing lane and then nobody's passing because someone yeah. braked in the passing lane. Yeah, and and um, this is something we can get into in a later, a later um, episode of Becoming a Better Driver. Uh, being able to perceive relative speeds is very important. And it is a segment of your driving awareness that you really, really need to practice and have. Because if you can't tell that a, a space that you're trying to get into is closing or a space that you want to get into is opening, you're going to disrupt way more people. And as you can hear by what we're talking about, what this comes down to is minimal disruption to, to normal good traffic flow. That's what we're missing so much of right now. Okay. Number three, the last point of today. You're probably on your phone when you're driving at some point, unless you're truly very disciplined and uh, strict about this for yourself. There are probably times when you're on your phone when you're driving, and I will admit I'm guilty of this as much as as much as the average person. But I do try to practice safe texting and driving habits. And for as ironic as that sounds, what I mean by that is I do it when I'm stopped as much as possible or I'm using voice to text or, or talking on the phone or using voice memos or something so that I'm not looking at my phone screen while my car is moving, because that is a recipe for disaster. It's kind of obvious if you're not looking at the road and think about all of the different hypothetical situations that could happen in a split second where your reaction time being that half a second slower because you're looking down makes a difference. If you think about the consequences of one of those things happening, no matter how slim of a chance it is, you're, you would eliminate that risk for yourself. You would say, okay, I, I will put my phone down. This can wait. But there is a key here that that risk doesn't really exist at red lights. Even though you can still get a ticket for texting at a red light, which I think is hilarious, um, it, it's less risky because you're not moving. So what are you going to do with that lack of awareness? Other than you're going to hold up traffic when the light turns green if you're not paying attention. So this last one is actually becoming a better red light waiter. <laughs> That's becoming a better becoming a better waiter at red lights. Um, so. If you're first in line at a red light, depending on where, which, which part of the country you live in, 
you're liable to get honked at for holding people up. And if you're sitting at that light, looking at your phone instead of looking at, um, at the light, then if you live in DC or Boston or San Francisco or downtown New York, anywhere like that, you're going to get honked at pretty much within half a second of the light turning green. Oh yeah. And especially, especially one, you're already holding people up because you know, you're on your phone, not paying attention. And then now we have those ridiculous auto start stop features in our cars. So then you got to wait on your damn car to start. It's just a whole mess. So, and you may know the answer to this considering your greater experience with American cars. Um, can you turn off a start stop feature in a Chevy? Uh, yeah, you can pretty much turn it off in any vehicle these days and follow up question. So I actually know how to, um, because I Googled it on my last trip where I rented a car (laughs) that was a Chevy that I couldn't figure it out on. So I Googled it, you put it into manual mode and then hit plus till you get to six. Oh Yeah. Because in a, in a 2019, 2018, 2020 Malibus and Impalas, they don't have like a button below the stop start button to, oh. to shut it off. Interesting. I but, did not know that. Yeah. So I've been to Hawaii twice and on a road trip in 2019. And I think all those times I had a either a Malibu or an Impala um, of around that vintage like 2019 something like that and every time the start stops so sensitive like it'll immediately mm-hmm. shut off like every single chance it gets when you're at a stop sign even like rolling yeah <laughs> my my car my audi it is very very bad about it like it, it'll like as you're creeping up to a stop sign or light it'll it'll roll and be turned off and then it so like if the light is red and it's rolling and turning off and then it turns green and you want to go get back into it it's got this weird like hesitation hiccup lag to it it's awful that's annoying that's painful yeah it's Um, terrible yeah so another tangent there um (laughs) you're you're already you're already potentially holding people up at a light because you're distracted you're having to wait for your start stop to come back on and turn your engine on again and you're probably get pissing people off. I don't care if you're second in line or 10th in line. If you see a green light and you don't see movement in that intersection, you're mad because you got shit to do it because you're further back in the line and you just so happen to be looking up at the right time when the light turns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially on a left turn arrow that are always too short. 100%. Yep. That's the biggest one. God, left turn arrows. <laughs> <laughs> so in... In Seattle, in my lifetime, they've completely transformed the way they approach left turn arrows. When I was a kid, there were barely any in the whole city. It was all just uh, straight greens and bi-directional straight greens, so meaning cars yeah. are flowing through the intersection parallel to each other in opposite directions. And one, the middle lane of, and this usually existed on like, four lane arterial roads where there's two lanes going in each direction. The middle lane of each direction is stopped because there's a bunch of people lined up to turn left and no left turn arrow and no space Uh, for them to turn left. Yeah. That's, that's a left if you dare moment. Got it. Yeah. So the first accident I ever got in was because somebody made an unguarded left turn from the other side and I T boned the shit out of them. Oh um, no. Because they were going through the intersection at like four miles an hour and I was going 35 and a 30. I slammed on the brakes and I thought this was me messing up my relative speed calculation in my head in a split second that I thought they would get through the intersection faster. So even though I slammed on my brakes pretty hard, I didn't didn't give them enough time to creep through the intersection. T-bone them, their car was totaled. A little old Integra, which I now own, actually. Different one, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget I own that car. I got so many cars. Um, so <laughs> uh, anyways, 
now you're 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 holding people up. That's where we're at in this story. <laughs> so first off, if you're sitting in the front of the line at a red light and you're looking at your own light, you're doing it wrong. Now, I know that in different parts of the country, traffic lights are positioned in intersections differently. So in some places, the traffic lights are on the same side of the intersection as traffic, which means you're not going to be able to see other people's traffic lights because they are a, they're they're far from your line of sight, basically, in, in your side of the intersection. But in other parts of the country, like California, you can look straight up and you can look to the left and right and you can see all other traffic lights for all other uh, directions of traffic. You can see left to right, you know, the greens and reds for the straight and the greens and reds for the, the left turn lanes, if there are any. And if you look straight up, if you're in a left turn lane, you can usually see the left turn arrow and whether it's green or not from your vantage point and potentially the, the other straight air, the straight uh, lights as well. Is that true? What is it like in Nebraska? Uh, it's, it's about the same. It's really kind of dependent on intersection, like the big intersections. Yeah. You, you can, you can catch them all. Uh, and then, like if you're traveling east or west, depending on the time of day, usually the sun kind of prevents it. But mm -hmm. uh, my my trick is I just look at the uh, the crosswalk timers. Yeah, right. Oh, good point. So the, then also the pedestrian crossing signal is a great place to look for more information about what's going on in the traffic flow control system of that intersection. So. You can see from where you're where you're sitting at the front of the light, you can see your light, which is meaningless information because it's red. Well, it's not meaningless. You should stop, but <laughs> it, it's meaningless until it turns green, at which point it's too late and you're already holding people up for all the various reasons we've already talked about. So when you are glancing up from your phone, assuming you're on your phone, glance at the pedestrian crossing signal and the east west or whatever the the left to right from you traffic lights and i can't explain to you in a short enough amount of time all the different iterations that are possible for how traffic is going to flow and how your traffic lights work in your intersection but you can figure it out because likely you find yourself at the same intersections frequently in your life and probably once mm -hmm. a week once a week or so, you're the first car in line at the red light. You're late. You're pissed. This is the tactic for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think how deep I want to go on the explanation. Basically, you can learn which light is going to turn red to give your light the green. And it's usually going to be a combination of either the left turn arrow directly above you is going to turn red. And so your straight light is going to turn green because now you're not being stopped from T-boning the people who have a guarded left turn from the other side. So I hope that makes sense. That's one common example. Another one is no matter what lane you're in, if the left to right from you intersection or left to right from you lights turn red, you may be about to turn green depending on which lane you're in. So if you're in a left turn lane and the intersection that you're in lets the left turners go first, then when the left to right turns red, you're up. That's about as deep yep. as I want to take it because it, it's kind of common yeah, sense he, at he, that point. Yeah, here it, it almost all of the intersections, with the exception of a couple I can think of off the top of my head, always prioritize the left-hand turn lanes. Right. They're always first. So, and then the last one is if you're, if, if the crosswalk that you're stopped right behind is about to turn fully red and stop people from crossing, you may be about to go. But at the very least, you know that somebody is about to cross that 
enter that crosswalk or that yeah a car is about to cross that crosswalk it's basically what i mean um so if you get bored of scrolling at traffic lights try try observing traffic light control flow cuz it's a legitimately helpful skill that you can use to be a little bit more efficient as a driver um it is and, and it does help you get to where you want to go uh more efficiently and you guys, i guess faster do you guys in nebraska have a lot of places where a traffic light there there's a traffic light in an intersection and on the other side of the intersection two lanes merge down into one or three into two or anything like that do you have a lot of that yeah uh-huh yeah um there's a really really bad one uh, literally on the street that my neighborhood's off of. And when I mean bad, I'm talking like there's the light and then after the light, it's about 60 feet-ish before the merge. <laughs> yeah, and It's like clockwork. It, like people, because the left lane is the straight one, the right lane is the merge. Yep. And it's like clockwork. People battle over that over that <laughs> left lane i'm like why over 60 feet you guys are insane you're gonna are like you saying... go into this protected marshland that's right here got it got it yeah okay <laughs> um so when i was a kid and then so a similar situation exists for me about a mile from where my parents live so when i was a kid my dad always prioritized getting a car that he was proud of it wasn't always, it wasn't an amazing car, but he always wanted the top of the line thing. And the big example that I remember is he went from, oh boy, what was it? He had a Toyota Cressida, 1989 Toyota Cressida. And um, he got rid of that car for a 2004 Honda Accord. And the Accord was a V6. And my dad was very proud of the fact that it was a V6 with navigation and it's kind of top of the line for its time in, in Hondas. But the key part of this is it had the legendary J32 A4 <laughs> or A3, something like that. Oh, snap. Like, a you know, <laughs> a Honda V6 basically is what I mean when I say a J30 something is it was a uh-huh. it was a it was a Honda V6 with VTEC. And my dad was so proud to have the V6 instead of the four-cylinder Honda Accord. Um, and, and so going back to that intersection that I just talked about that was kind of close to my house, we would be coming home from school. He'd, he'd pick me up from school. And this is the last traffic light before my parents' house. And Every day we would get in the right lane because everybody else was scared and wanted to get in the left lane so that they wouldn't have to deal with the merge. My dad's over here in the right lane going, all right, we're going to beat them. We're going to be first in line. We're going to win the drag race and we're going <laughs> to we're going to be leaving these idiots in the dust. And he was so proud of that because then we'd get, you know, half a mile down the road and he, he'd be like, yeah, look in the mirror. Look how far behind they are. They're driving so slow. Those dumbasses." <laughs> and, and I guess that left an impression on me and uh, he probably regrets it now. Um, but, <laughs> but that was what it was for me is it was a drag race every single time. It was, all right, we're lining up at the light and I need to know when this light's going to turn green. And so that's where this skill set came from of learning traffic light patterns and learning when the light's about to turn green because every traffic light is a drag race and you kind of have to have to jump it a little bit. <laughs> that's why I bought an all-wheel drive car. Uh, I don't have that. <laughs> I have a four by four truck. Does that count? <laughs> Sometimes I beat sure. people with that thing. What is in a diesel? You should be. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I've, I I need that thing to last. I don't beat on it very much. Yeah. Like my my M three, I drive it really hard because it's built to be driven hard. 
you know, the, the suspension components, the engine, they're all designed to be mm-hmm. kind of high wear, but high performance motors. And you kind of budget for like, yep, valve covers are going to basically like bubble off because they're made of like really light, soft aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, after 120,000 miles, you're going to need new ones. You're going to need rod bearings. You're going to need like a bunch of gaskets and like, Timing They're, chains, gaskets, yeah, uh, the whole timing nine. chains. Timing chains aren't bad on the one I have, at least on the S65. You don't hear about timing chains. Oh, I'm sorry, much. that's just an Audi problem. No, it's also a, a S62 and M62. Oh, um, timing chain guide problem. They made really weak timing chain guides that break often. Mm. Euro um, problems. Yeah, that's been most of my. Mm-mm. yeah 70 percent or so of my automotive experience has been euro if you count all of the volkswagen audi cars i had in the uk it's all volkswagen audi cars yeah i had all of the flip up keys <laughs> i miss those <laughs> don't have one of those don't have one <laughs> yeah boring <laughs> okay anyways <laughs> that's all we got time for today so dan can you tell us about how these people can can stay driven in other ways that we offer. Yeah. Uh, so Arun really loves to wake up at, you know, 4 a.m. and send us a lovely motivational message to our Discord channel. Uh, if that's something you're interested in seeing, uh, hit Arun up or myself. And we can get you a link and you can take a peek at those messages and see what he has to say but bright and early in the morning, uh, often before even I'm awake. Uh Kudos to you, Arun. Uh, if you uh, if you want to be more involved with our network and uh, actually taking part in our weekly conversations and and have the full access to our Discord channel where we talk about fitness, cars, business, whatever's going on in your life, you know, in that moment, uh, check out the uh, We Are Driven website. You can sign up for it there, and you will receive. Uh, uh, a, a different discord or I'm sorry, a discord link uh, that has access to all of that. Um, and then you'll be able to talk to us and our friends uh, weekly and uh, get to learn some new skills along the way. Uh, you know, we're also sponsored by we are driven. Uh, check them out on Instagram, YouTube. And I guess Arun is kind of doing that through TikTok now uh, at Arun D Kumar. Kind Correct. of. Um, they also have some really nice apparel. I love their shirts. I, I'm sad I lost one of them and I can't find it. So what? I'm probably going to have to buy another. <laughs> yeah, you're going to buy that one. So I'm not going to so send you another other ways one. to be more involved. And, and uh, please share this podcast. Uh, and uh, tune in for part two because I'm enjoying this topic and I can't wait for it <laughs> myself. Yeah, and, and just on the Driven Network, we're accomplishing like real shit in there and I love to see it. And, and it's, it only recently hit me just how tangible it is between starting new businesses, getting new jobs, everything that not only can, can make us more money in both the short term and the longer term where we're building businesses. It's people doing things they're passionate about because, you know, I took a leap of faith a few years ago, quit my job and said, I'm doing my own thing because I can't find anybody that offers the kind of work that I want to do. So I created it. We'll talk more about that in the future, but that's where people are getting inspired to do the same. And we've got a guy who I talked to in June of last year. He quit his job, I think in September, started a detailing business, and now he's too busy to join any of our calls or join the Discord in the freaking first place, which is great because he's so busy with his work that he's building a real business and I can see his progress and it's awesome to see. And, and I know that a conversation that I had with him in June of last year really sparked that. And, and that's great. And I know I'm not taking credit. It's just that like part of, part of his journey was that conversation. I hope I had an impact on him. Yeah. And I think he did because even his motivational messages are amazing good like when he does <laughs> post them they're pretty yeah. good yeah um and yeah but between business fitness and cars we're we're motivated to achieve the highest level of excellence that we can in our lives and we want as many people in that group as possible 
in order for all of us to see the best results. Because the more of us there are in there, the more competition we'll have with each other, the more accountability we have to each other, the better it's going to be for all of us. So consider joining. It's definitely worth the the investment and the time that you have to put in to make yourself a better person. With yeah, that, and, and and one other yeah, quick ahead. thing, Arun, because you haven't mentioned it, uh, wasn't there something about a sweepstakes, a track day that maybe you should talk about? That's a really good point. Yeah, this is this is part of of, of the issues that I have with how I've been building this. Yeah, so. Uh, there's a form at the bottom of wearedriven.co. You scroll to the bottom of the homepage. There is a form that you fill out. I believe it's just your first name and your email. Your first name and your email, if you are subscribed on December 31st, 2023, gets you entered to win a track day. And that's all expenses paid. You know, I've I've started releasing more content explaining what happened with the T-Hill M4 Basically, I had a track car rental business before where I rented out a, a track prepped M4, had a had an instructor, had a really awesome experience with a few clients. It was a financially horrible business model, but I learned a lot in the process and, and ended up closing its doors. But I still want to share the experience of motorsports with people who have not experienced it yet. Because if you even think you might like it, I bet you'll like it. It's freaking awesome. It's the most fun I have with pants on. And, <laughs> and I said that from the first track day I ever did. And, and so I want to, I want everybody to experience this because it's not wheel to wheel racing, but you're out there with other cars. You're on a real racetrack. You're hitting apexes. You're hitting rumble strips. You're getting to shift through the gears. You're getting to see the checkered flag and the green flag. And you're freaking out there. It's awesome. And I want to share that experience with somebody. It's it's going to be somebody who is who's a member of the the We Are Driven community, not the network. You don't have to be a, a paid member. Just give us your email. We want to we want to interact with you. We want to share news with you. We want to share deals that we got going on. And in return, you may get a track day out of it. So yeah, thank you, Dan, for reminding us about that. You're welcome. I think that's all we got for today. This has been Arun and Dan. We appreciate you listening. Like he said, leave a review. And until next time, stay driven.